a theme song that I played in high school jazz band, Island Time, Island Age, L-E-O's, Best Friends, Partners in Crime, all of it on Hawaii 5 Let's find a show we never seen Welcome, the boys are back. This is Series Finale Podcast, the only podcast where three comedians discuss the final episode of a TV show that they have never even seen. I'm Zach. I'm John Paul. Jack currently still away at his off-center rehab site trying to kick his severe porno addiction. Which insurance does cover. Thank Those God. of you, Jack is doing it on Obamacare. <laughs> um, <laughs> President Obama, he put that in there. I don't know why. But he, of course, President Trump is trying to get it removed. Yeah, so he take call, advantage of that He now. calls us on an Obama phone and Trump <laughs> actually ripped it out of his hands. He calls it an Obama phone. Uh, the gym is stuck with Michelle Obama dumbbells. <laughs> it's really you just, crazy. You just lift copies of her hit book. What's a book Becoming. Called? Becoming, yeah. You just lift copies of her hit book until you're hot and fit as hell. <laughs> Michelle Obama fought against obesity, right? That was her cause. Yeah. Laura Bush was libraries. Michelle it, Obama was obesity. Melania Trump is, is online bullying. Online bullying. Yeah. She's doing a very good job. What's your prediction for the next first lady? Or for let's say first spouse, because who knows? Next first spouse, what's their cause? I think Melania will serve until 2024. So I think the next first person, maybe Kamala Harris's husband. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah. We'll throw out a prediction. I actually predict, I believe he's a white guy. So I think he's going to, he's going to, he's going to start the step up, step back movement where he encourages white men to go places and lead meetings and then say, I'm just going to step back and listen to some oh. other voices here. And Stephen Colbert is going to come and give um, a masterclass on how to make a career out of discussing sexism and racism, but never give a position to a person of color. <laughs> just say that the world is better off. He's going to teach white men how to become vice presidents of diversity <laughs> and inclusion. <laughs> um, my prediction... Pete Buttigieg's husband. What's his name? Chastin. Chast. Is it Chastin Buttigieg? I believe it is. Yeah. Chastin Buttigieg is the first man. Yes. Uh, his uh, his big cause is uh, is uh, getting army wives back on the air. What about, He's an army wife. What if he held a male beauty contest called Booty Judge and it was a reality <laughs> TV show <laughs> crossover? Ooh, do you think um, maybe you could get star of the pageant scene, uh, Honey Boo Boo, on as like maybe just a consultant? Yeah, as like an EP, executive producer of yeah, the show. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. So we watched <laughs> Hawaii Five O, and Hawaii Five O went ten seasons, which this, is this that one, is astonishing right off the bat. This yeah, this is a reboot of the Hawaii of like the. I don't know which one is more well known because my 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 heart wants to say that the the old show is more well known, but this went ten seasons, so a lot of people a lot. It's possible that 
Tons of people saw this one as well. I've never heard of anyone watching this one, but I do remember the hype when people were like, dude, Hawaii Five-0 is being rebooted. That show was sick. And then we played this theme song in band when I yeah. was in high school. What did you th- the theme song ba, is ba, great. Ba, ba, ba. Ba, 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 it's a pretty great theme song. Yeah, it's nice. And I, I never really understood the premise of, I mean, it's just cops in Hawaii. It seems like it's just chips in Hawaii. Like the Hawaii Five-0... I have so many questions. Why? Who are they? They're different from HPD, the Honolulu Police Department. Is yeah. the Hawaii Five-0? It must be the state police. Yeah. Um, it seems realistic to the demographics of Hawaii. That was something that sure there did me. There, there did appear to be some like native Hawaiian Samoan in the cast. In a lot of Asian Americans. Yeah. Um, and then it was weird. I don't love the way they spell this. Five <laughs> dash. Oh, that is it does make it challenging to look up online. Yeah, because you don't you don't know what to type in. Is it five Z? Is it? Are you looking up Hawaii fifty? Right. <laughs> are you looking up Hawaii five O, which is like five dash zero, or Hawaii five dash capital O, or five Hawaii five dash five no dash O H O H, or is it spell it all out? This is a terrible idea for a show. <laughs> I don't even know what the idea. For How the about show just is. Hawaii cops? How about Honolulu? How about Honolulu Justice Enforcement? Well, they couldn't call it Honolulu Justice Enforcement because Dog the Bounty Hunter was operating in Honolulu and he was <laughs> a justice enforcer. So many people have said that since Dog left, Wayne Chapman, Honolulu looks a lot like Chicago now, completely out of control <laughs> and in need of Donald J. Trump to yeah. enforce law and order. Uh, I hear that uh, Lori Lightfoot is co-mayor in Honolulu and Chicago. That's what I heard. And that's why the place is falling apart. Dog left Honolulu. He's out of the, he's out of the island lifestyle. Yeah, he had a very grim life now that Beth is deceased. It's so sad that Beth is gone for, for Dog. Do you, Do you think-, think she donated the implants? Can you be an implant donor? And get Beth's. Can you imagine getting Beth's implants? Do you think dogs should marry marry the woman that got Beth's implants, and perhaps it's transgender woman? <laughs> this show yeah. is this show has brought up a lot of feelings about. Do you think Dog the Bounty Hunter ever ever like guest star in an episode? Almost certainly. I actually think unironic. Well, th- this is network CBS. Dog's a cable guy. CBS is always, I always thought, was the lamest of the big of the. I big can't networks. name a good CBS show. NBC has had so many iconic comedies over the years. Sure. Who the they, hell is watching ABC, though? You got Seinfeld. You got Frasier. You got Friends. For dramas, they had um, ER. They had a, so many great shows. I used to lo- NBC used to be a huge powerhouse. I feel like they've slipped quite a bit, but who knows? Maybe they'll come back to the forefront now with their own streaming service, Peacock. <laughs> Which is great because it's. Uh, I finally can have an ad. I can have an app on my phone with the word "cock" in it, and it's not a sexual thing. Well, they could start Peacock and Chill, which <laughs> is when you bring the ladies over to watch some Peacock on your NBC streaming. Dude, app. this is an easy one. It's like it's got to be um, Peacock and Dock with your gay buddy. <laughs> you know what docking is? Yeah, yeah, I know what docking is. <laughs> You know what docking is, is probably one of the most uttered open mic phrases in the country. Yes, we know what it is. Someone else did a bit about it last week. Dude, docking is crazy, dude. Well, Peacock and Doc, I think it's pretty funny. Peacock and Doc, do you think they're doing outreach to the docking community? Um, no, it's just something I came up with right now, Peacock and Doc. 
Uh, the one thing about docking that's interesting is it does encourage inter-circumcision relationships <laughs> between people who are of different foreskin status, which is interesting. It's bridging a divide. Literally, you're creating a bridge with your penis. It could be the bridge that heals the Palestine-Israeli conflict. He could be docked across the Gaza Strip. It could be the bridge that heals someone's mangled penis. Well... Some high-profile people with mangled penises maybe don't deserve to be healed because they did very awful things. Oh, I'm by ma- I meant ma- by mangled penis, I meant anybody who was circumcised. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was talking about a certain gangrenous Hollywood producer. Yeah, well, let's 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 leave the name out of it. We will. Don't say his name. Yeah, dude. Harvey, S- keep it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Say the name. Don't say the name to end. End the name. End the name. That's the approach some people take with like um, shootings and stuff. But yeah, CBS. Uh, what I can't. I'm trying to think of like a CBS show that I really liked. I mean, famously, Big Bang Theory is their guy. <sighs> you know, it's crap. Was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? CBS. I think it I don't know. Be. Rest in peace, Regis Philbin. R.I.P. Just passed away. Kathy Lee took him out finally. <laughs> they were at a. They had a rivalry. Regis and. Kathy Lee? Yeah, they had a show together. They they parted on bad terms. I actually, I don't even know who Kathy Lee is. I know the Regis and Kelly. That's Kelly. I mean, I would oh, love Kelly. Oh, dude, Regis and Kelly. Kelly brings on Michael Strahan. They don't get along. She, they get, I think Kelly might be tough. She might be tough to work <laughs> with. By the way, I've been you've, you've been saying this for a while, but I've been seeing a lot of headlines intimating that Ellen is like going down. For racism included. Yeah, for doing for just being a jerk. It seems really sad, but all Ellen would have to do at this point is just like go to a yoga retreat and learn about ego death because she probably has $700 million. I don't know. And she certainly scratched the funny bone for like three decades. Like (laughs) she can sufficiently say, well, I was very good at stand up. Yeah. I agree. So I, it's like she's done everything. She's done stand up. How much longer are you going to do daytime she had, TV? She had a hit sitcom. Yep. Like it was very popular. And then people were like, oh, Ellen's yay. We need to cancel this show, that which did, is I what think, happened. Yeah, I think that is what yeah, happened. which is wrong. Um, people that didn't like it shoved in their face back then is how they, people would, people would turn. Would and now it. Ellen fully assimilated to straight male culture and has just become an abusive boss. And people <laughs> don't understand how progressive that is. I believe she's accused of severely beating her employees while FaceTiming with George W. Bush. <laughs> She FaceTimes George W. and kicks the shit out of her employees. And George W. cheers her on. Until one of the, the BDs, the way they get to stop it is to throw a shoe at the George Bush <laughs> FaceTime image. He ducks out of the way. Oh, what a great uh, little moment in, in Iraq. Not America. In Iraqi pop culture. <laughs> That's one of your favorite moments from Iraqi pop culture. <laughs> George Bush's Flying Shoes. That'd be a good punk band for like a New Hampshire garage pop punk band. This show takes itself insanely seriously. Hawaii yeah. 5-0. The Broad Strokes breakdown is we see one guy. He's a guy. Yeah, I was hoping that you would know the names. No. And they're going to one meet... Of the, Danny they, Williams is the, is the partner. Yeah, they're going to end up meeting this guy who could decode a message. When they're about to meet the decoder, the main character gets a call from his partner, Danny Williams, that he's being followed. Dan- there's gunfire. Danny's abducted. Then the whole point of the episode is to free Danny, and that's what they do. And that's it. And there's a very menacing um, woman who's like a crime boss, and her father had been killed, and her father 
had killed the main <laughs> character's father. It's just like not good. Steve McGarrett is the na- the the character's pr- the protagonist they, of the show. They, Steve and Danny. Yeah, it's. I really have nothing flattering to say about this show, and I really have nothing to add about this show's themes or plot. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we've managed to discuss this on uh, on series pilots in the past, but would you uh, have you or would you consider traveling to Hawaii, the island nation? Yeah, I would love to go to Hawaii. Hawaii has a great malasadas. Uh, the Portuguese people, particularly from the island of Madeira, where my family is from, have a storied history there. The um, the ukulele is an instrument that was designed by a Portuguese person. Always because of bring the this up. Cavaquinho is a is a Madeiran do instrument. Do you ever say? Do you ever go on stage at an open mic and slap the ukulele out of a white woman's hand and say, "This is my culture"? No, and then then people are like, "Wait, is he native Hawaiian? Maybe I should get him on my show." <laughs> <laughs> I think you should consider doing it. I should get a picture of like a ukulele and write, "My culture is not a costume." <laughs> My culture is not for you to badly pluck out somewhere over the rainbow and waste everyone's time at this mic. My culture is not for you to enjoy these products built for export. They should uh, <laughs> not be used. Yeah, I would love to go to Hawaii. My parents had their honeymoon in Hawaii. Um, I think Hawaii is an excellent climate, right? Like you're never really that hot and you're certainly never cold. Yeah. My uncle was stationed in Hawaii with the Navy for a while. I think Hawaii is probably really cool. It's probably really expensive, which I don't like. Do you remember what the pre-COVID controversy in Hawaii was? The 12-hour one-seat flight from Logan to Hawaii, which was <laughs> really kind of getting people pumped up. 12-hour one-seat flight? Yeah, no, no layover, no stop. 12 hours. So you get on the, pl- you get on the plane at 3 p.m. in Massachusetts. You fly 12 hours to Hawaii. Eight-hour time difference, I think. So it's only been four hours. So you get there at 7 p.m. That's baller. <laughs> That's great. But you get there at 7 p.m. and it's 3 in the morning for you. Yeah. That's great. But that's not that bad. You I stay up a couple more hours, which I could do. Go to bed at 10. Yeah, that wouldn't be that bad. The big controversy... It would be annoying that you'd be paying for that night at a hotel. <laughs> but I guess it'd be okay. <laughs> the big controversy was the, the telescope. You remember this? Yeah, built the, on sacred land. The, right? the telescope that was going to be that was uh, built on sacred land. The rock was weighted on it. And I remember I had a tour group from Hawaii, and they were very anti-telescope. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But then they took this trip to colonial Boston? Yeah. They were school children. Oh, good. Yeah, that makes sense. They should be <laughs> exposed to anything. Speaking of Hawaii, Barack Obama is from there. I saw one of the greatest shirts I've ever it's seen. Hawaii State in Kenya? Uh, <laughs> I knew it immediately. <laughs> I see a shirt that says uh, number 23, Punahou on it. And I'm like, that's a Barack Obama high school basketball uniform t-shirt. And then the back says Obama, 23. Ooh, so you can wear Obama's jersey? Yeah, you can. Uh, they used to call him fools. Uncle Barry at Punahou back when he was hanging with the Choom gang. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Two of my college roommates went to Punahou School, which is a very elite private school on the Big Island where Uncle Barry went. They all call him Uncle Barry at the school <laughs> for some reason. Man, I wonder if uh, if Uncle Barry ever, ever had a run-in with Dog the Bounty Hunter. I don't think so. Uncle Barry was pretty law-abiding, except for a little marijuana and cocaine usage, but uh, definitely less than Rodney Dangerfield. So, <laughs> do you think Dog would uh, maybe one one time he arrested Obama, or he took he grabbed him, but then he prayed with him and they let him go? 
like dogs sometimes does. I don't think so because Barack Obama didn't really find faith until he went to Chicago and did a lot of political organizing in the context of the African American church. Is he a, a turned atheist? Uh, he was raised non-religiously. He was married in the church. And B- Michelle Obama, he, like they technically had that pastor, Jeremiah Wright, who did marry them and did know who they were. I, I, I will never comment on another person's faith. Do I don't, it. I don't think Barack is trying to evangelize anyone. I think he loves community no matter where he can find it. Yeah. In a good but place for community. But you do believe he's a secret Muslim. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> obvious. I, I didn't want to say it, but I think, yeah. Unfortunately, I wish Obama was a secret Muslim, and then he could have gotten the student loan debt crisis under control. But instead, he doesn't follow the Islamic rules on usury, so we're all over the place. Yeah, Steve McGarrett, Danny Williams. This, um, this is a. I would call this a uh, a CBS action show similar to NCIS Los Angeles, which starred LL Cool J and uh, Christopher Walken. No, the guy from Batman and Robin. Robin, Chris, Chris O'Donnell. Chris Reeves? Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Chris Reeves. Christopher Reeves is in a new police procedural. He's uh, he, he goes by the name Wheels. <laughs> Christopher Reeves died from an infected bed sore. Oh, so no one was turning him? I think so. I think he had, uh, I think he had some issues with his caretaking. That sounds re- like Reeves abuse. It does sound like the Reeves abuse. And if his caretaker was younger than him, that's elder abuse. <laughs> Do you think they should redefine elder abuse to be any? It should be a federal crime, like a federal hate crime should be elder abuse. And if you commit a crime against anyone older than you, it is elder abuse. Ooh, interesting idea. By the way, in uh, in Hawaii, apparently, Sonny Dennis tells me that you're supposed to refer to your elders as uncle. Oh, Uncle Barry, yeah. Uncle Barry, yeah. Oh, shit. It all makes sense now. Should uh, I call you Uncle John? <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. I am how much? How much? I'm thirty. I'm how much older am I? You like ten years? Ten years, probably. I'm twenty six. Yeah, I'm like ten years older than you. We had different nine eleven experiences. I was perpetrating it, and you were just watching. <laughs> you were just watching. I wasn't it. old enough. You were just watching it, clapping. No, I was very upset. I actually have no memories of it other than the announcement Suspicious. that there would be no homework. They never did the the quote unquote, uh, which I think is a falsified memory for many people my age. The teacher wheeled in a TV and let us watch it. We didn't have TV cable. What they why are they wheeling in TVs that we watched VHSs in? I I don't believe that at all. <laughs> oh yeah, so you think it's uh it's like a um, it's like a Mandela effect thing. Yeah, people remember something that didn't that's really not happen. Ha- that's not real. Interesting. I, I believe a very small number of people maybe had watched it on TV in school. But most people are absolutely lying through their teeth, similar to Uncle Barry Obama lying about his birth. <laughs> <laughs> now, this uh, Danny Williams is ca- is uh, is kidnapped uh, by Dayume. Uh, Dayume is a husband to Wofat, who I think is like another uh, villain in the show. A lot of Asian representation. Seems like specifically Chinese representation. There in is, uh, unfortunately. As a member of the Fat Acceptance Movement, I am going to ask them to erase this episode, similar to the Community D&D episode, for using the term, <laughs> whoa, fat. It should, his name should be good fat or hello fat. Or but, healthy fat. Yeah, healthy fat. But to express surprise preceding fat is definitely not right. Is the Community D&D thing real? Is yeah, that- it's removed from certain streaming websites. It's not like it's contraband. You couldn't get a DVD of it. Yeah, but that's a, that's a weird one to me. Because that's like he was wearing black makeup, 
but he was not portraying a black person. Well, whoa, fat was this guy's name, but that doesn't mean he's allowed to have it on TV, <laughs> you know? He's betraying a he's betraying a dark-skinned elven race. Yeah, it, but but at the end of the day, it's over, right? So if they take it off, who cares? I have to stand I have to stand this hill. When it comes to fantasy races, I must stand up for my drow brothers <laughs> and say that they deserve representation on television. Um I don't think they do. The drows? The drow? You think that they you you truly believe that these drow that live underground are evil elves and there are no good ones. They should not be televised lest they be a bad example to some young teens. Maybe uh have you ever heard of Driz de Erden? Maybe the most famous drow of all? No, I've heard of Drizzy Dre. Or <laughs> Drizzy Drake. Who's the, what's the drip everyone talks about now? That's just like that's just like looking good. Yeah, drip if you got some fresh drip. That's like you got nice clothes on, I guess. Yeah. I've been picking it up on Urban Dictionary, which I read every week to figure <laughs> out what the new words are that I need to say. You to say in your videos? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to segue into Hawaii. Oh, it's about a police procedure. Uh, I was a so- I was a police officer in a tropical spot. Oh, kind of like Hawaii Five O. Like they're cops and like in a vacation yeah. spot. I was actually assigned to work as Border Patrol in Northern Sentinel. Northern Sentinel is an island of uncontacted people in the Indian Ocean. <laughs> No one is allowed to go near them, and they have been seen having orgies on the beach. Nice. In 2018, a Christian missionary oh, I love this story. attempted to make contact and bring them the word of God. He was killed by arrows. <laughs> in order to protect the North Sentinelese and prevent another tragedy, the Indian government, sponsored by the UN, was sending me to the island to act as border patrol and make sure no one landed on the islands. I was to set up a border patrol station and start extracting natural resources and sending them back to the United States in order to keep the northern Sentinelese safe. I hired a couple of local fishermen to drop me off. I decided to dress as Regis Philbin for the encounter <laughs> as a way to broker peace. I knew that he was in Slumdog Millionaire, and as he had recently died, I thought it could be an interesting peace offering. <laughs> as we approached the island, there was a frenzy of activity. There were only 20 islanders, but they got really worked up seeing the approaching ship. They started calling and yelling and brandishing arrows. I figured they were just happy to see Regis. <laughs> I was worried they would be upset to hear that he died. As we approached, they started shooting at us. I said, hey, 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 we are here to help. And suddenly an arrow flew into my trachea. Oh my As I God. fell over the side of the boat and into shallow water, the islanders approached me and the leader decapitated me. <laughs> and, and then the fishermen drove away wow so not a successful run huh as the border patrol no not a successful run and i think that incidents like that which are very common in policing in the united states reflect why we need a strong blue lives matter movement (laughs) in this country when you uh when they were about to decapitate you did you ask if that was their final answer i was yelling back the blue back (laughs) the blue (laughs) i also had an experience um as a police officer in sort of a uh, vacation hotspot. I was just a regular undercover cop in Anchorage, Alaska, a popular cruise ship destination. The cruise industry brought in tons of money in my city, and as an undercover undercover cop, I spent my time running drug busts on small-time weed dealers, sending them to prison days after 18th birthdays, destroying their lives by trapping them in the downward spiral of the U.S. justice system. One day, my superior, Commissioner... P.D. Penguin called me into his office. He had an assignment for me. The president had gotten a tip that a cruise ship docking would have a very high-profile passenger aboard, Edward Snowden. 
Edward Snowden had become a criminal when he revealed that the U.S. government was running a massive spy operation on all of its citizens, illegally gathering their data. Petey Penguin was such a hardcore Trump supporter and ordered me to bring in Snowden using my undercover cop skills. Looking through the file, I saw the key information. Edward Snowden would be aboard a ship called the Norwegian Dawn and would almost certainly be disguised. He was a super fan of comedian Carlos Mencia. So I made an arrangement with the cruise line, and I had my plan set up. I would go undercover as Carlos Mencia to capture Edward Snowden aboard the cruise ship. I was able to get my fake Mencia booked on a cruise with fellow comedian Steve Harvey, so I knew there was no way Snowden would miss the show. I darkened my hair, got a hard tan, put on a fake goatee, and practiced Mencia's catchphrase. Da-da-da! Sound he would make to indicate a person or idea was retarded. <laughs> I knew Edward Snowden was on board in disguise, and on the first day of the cruise, I was supposed to survey the crowd gathered on the ship and try to root them out. But instead, I spent the day arguing with cruise ship staff when they confiscated the alcohol I'd attempted to sneak aboard. I also found out that Steve Harvey had fallen ill, possibly with COVID-19, so he would not be able to perform, and I had to fill the entire 90 minutes with Carlos's act. <laughs> <laughs> that night, I took the stage, briefly shaking hands with Steve Harvey back, b backstage before I stepped in front of the crowd. My plan was to scan the crowd after my jokes and arrest the man laughing the loudest, as that would be Edward Snowden in disguise. It was a packed house, and I started my act, talking about if Trump wants to build a wall to keep out the Mexicans, who's going to build it? <laughs> da da da! <laughs> The laughter roared all around me as the cruise ship crowd ate up my joke, jabbing at Mexicans and the mentally challenged. Everyone was doubled over in laughter. It came in unending waves, and I couldn't pick Snowden out of the crowd. Then I saw it out of the corner of my eye. Steve Harvey doubled over in laughter backstage. Why was another comic watching my set and laughing? The pieces started to come together. The laughing, getting sick and unable to perform. I walked up to Steve Harvey in his goofy-ass lime green suit and said, Hello, Edward Snowden, and immediately pushed me back and began to run. I gave chase and ran after him onto the deck, where a storm had begun, and as the rain pelted us, we ran towards the fore of the ship. Uh, the rain started to wash away Edward Snowden's makeup, and it began to run down his face. He reached the fore of the ship and leaned against the guardrail. Nowhere to run, Snowden, I said as I pulled out my gun. I didn't do anything wrong. I exposed a great crime by the U.S. government against its own citizen, he shouted over the rain. I don't care, I said, echoing the sentiment of the U.S. electorate. <laughs> Snowden, his blackface disguise washing away, stepped up onto the guardrail as I approached, and he said, I know you're not the real Mencia, but that wall joke was so funny, Snowden said, as, the helicop <laughs> as a helicopter burst out of a storm cloud. He reached out and took hold of a hanging rope ladder and saluted me before the helicopter faded into the storm. I had lost him. My hidden body cam had footage of Snowden in blackface, and people went from ambivalent about him to hating his guts, and Donald Trump was satisfied. Wow. I wonder how uh, Tommy Gunn felt about it. Because doesn't Pamela Anderson have some kind of romantic relationship with Edward Snowden? She was like oh. visiting him once a month at the really? Ecuadorian embassy in London. Yeah. Wait, isn't that? No, that's um, that's Julian Assange. Oh, it's yeah. Edward Snowden is in Russia. Right. Assange is a huge punk. Everybody <laughs> there is like, dude, he keeps his room wicked messy and he's got this annoying cat that's like dirty and disgusting. <laughs> Assange. Assange has sexual assault charges in Sweden, too. Yeah, but I mean, it could be. I guess if you're a global... Who knows? Whistleblower. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, we have no comment on that. <laughs> um, 
Jack sent in a writing clip from his compound, and it, we were talking about how hard it was earlier to sp- like search on the internet, Hawaii Five-0. Jack also had problems spelling this. He spelled it H-A-W-I-A-5-0. <laughs> Howie 50. So let's hear what Mr. Howie 50 said. After years on the force, I finally put my papers in for a transfer. I was a New York City police officer, and all the protesting had really hurt my feelings because I'm, like, not a bad person. So I couldn't <laughs> deal with all the taunting and being called a pig. Because I had put on a few pounds after my parents passed away. And it's been a tough couple of years. And people should really consider walking a mile in my shoes before saying such mean things. The transfer was for Hawaii. Home of the beaches and the surfing. When I got there, I was put on a task force to enforce strippers wear masks during lap dances. Apparently, COVID was killing more strippers than truck drivers. They put me on a top-notch team. Elkie, Washington football team, and Johnny Slants. Elkie was a drunk native who couldn't care less about his job, but always found a way to do the right thing in the end. And Johnny was a kiss-ass with an incredible ass and shot. We headed over to Hung 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 Wu Hung Wu a male strip joint that had been changed into a lady stripper joint. Hungalulu. Had been changed into a lady stripper joint after the male strippers stripper joint had failed. We watched stripper after stripper stripper earn their money with a mask on until our local hero and Elkie's brother. Walked into the bar. Dog the bounty hunter. He sat down and began smoking meth immediately and asking the stripper if they had found oh, Christ. Oh, no. If they had, he would then tell them that Christ <laughs> would protect them from COVID and take off the mask. As the stripper took off her mask, I yelled freeze and pointed my gun at her. Dog shot bear mace at me and I was down for the count. The gun went off and I had killed Elkie and Johnny right there. <laughs> I chased after Dog, but he pinned me down, and citizens arrest me for the murder of two police. I started crying, and he said he wouldn't judge me, and offered me a smoke. He told me he had been down the, the wrong path, too, at one point, but he found Christ and a lady with huge titties to love, and that's how he was saved. Can you smell that fart? <laughs> Let's do a, uh, a role play. <laughs> I got I got a couple role plays. Ready? Um, I'm yeah, not before, role play. I'm in a meme minute. Yeah. Before we do that, I want to point out that uh, we had previously recorded an episode of Series Pilots, but upload. We said that uh, Jack's writing assignment was maybe one of the best writing assignment, best written writing assignments we'd ever have. And in this one, he's just farting into the phone. <laughs> but it was also good. It was good. The toots. For some, that elevates it. For others, that really turns them it's, off completely. It's polarizing. It's polarizing. Um, yeah, let's do a meme minute for uh, for Hawaii Five O. Um, regular brain. Okay. Um, the regular brain. The greatest ukulele player ever is this uh, YouTuber who plays ukulele. Yeah. Big brain. The greatest ukulele player is the original Portuguese cavaquinho player who brought the ukulele oh, to Hawaii. Okay. Galaxy Brain, the greatest ukulele player of all time is Bretta Is because he plays it topless. Ooh. 
Black Power Fist. Um, Black Power Fist. Uh, health at every size movement. White Power Fist. A native Samoan. What are they coming together over? Being fat and it not being a problem. <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's a good one, actually. Fat, healthy at any size. Yeah. Um, not fat at any size, which is my movement to call everyone <laughs> fat, no matter how big they are. Uh, AOC in the SUV. Uh, rock driving. Wow, AOC. It's so cool that you want to uh, visit Hawaii, my uh, uh, the homeland of some of my aunts, of some of my family. AOC. Yeah, I'm excited. So how long will it take us to drive there? Rock looking back, disgusted. Um, Ready? AOC in the SUV. Yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know, AOC, the ukulele is actually just a new <laughs> version of the Portuguese cavaquinho. <laughs> AOC, a porch of geese? That's gross. Do they poop all over the porch? Uh. Rock. Looks back in disbelief. <laughs> um, let's see. <sighs> Ready? Ted Yoho in the SUV. He's the man who called uh, AOC a swear word and is very rude. Oh, yeah. Ted Yoho in the SUV. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is driving. Hey, Ted Yoho. Hey, Congressman Yoho. Uh, as a Pacific Islander, I would really appreciate it if you looked into that telescope on the sacred lands. Ooh. Ted Yoho, you massive bitch. <laughs> I thought it was going to be eyeing my head out. No, no, that's a Ted Yoho in the SUV, which is gotcha. a, uh, that meme is people say stuff that is just like nice or an expression of their feelings. And then he calls them a massive B word. That was the big political hubbub this week. Kind of. I don't. I don't know how many people got into it. I think AOC got a lot of points because she had a very eloquent response to it. Yeah, that could be it. But I doubt anywhere someone's like, dude, Donald Trump has got to talk about Ted Yoho. That was inappropriate. Regular brain, uh, cracker as a slang term for white people. Galaxy brain, guaylo as a slang term for white people, meaning ghost. Universe brain. Howly, the ultimate slang term for white people, which means breathless, implying that white people have no soul. It does? Yeah, it means you don't have any breath. Um, so uh, Danny Williams is captured by uh, Dayume, and Dayume wants a cipher. The cipher, I cannot figure out what information the cipher gives. We don't know. It is not a cipher in the hip-hop terms, as in like a freestyle rap battle. It is not Daime trying to get in with Eminem and start spitting? No, it is not Puerto Rican. She's not trying to lose herself in the moment. You own it. You want to never let it go. You only got one stop to not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once Once in in a a lifetime. lifetime. Damn. It's it, been a while since we did. We broke into the lose yourself. Mom spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> uh, Danny Williams, who I, this is so weird. His name is Danny Williams, and I used to like know a comic in Boston named Danny Williams. You did. This yeah. Danny Williams reminds me of the Danny from Billions, who acts screws over. Which which guy is that? Danny's the guy who's dying. He has terminal cancer, and oh. Axe employs him in an illegal scam. Such a good early Billion storyline. It's fantastic. Yeah, new Billion storylines are like um, Spiros is making coffee and is sassy. <laughs> This is an early billion storyline where where Axe uh, Machiavellianly like kills a man so he can't testify against him. It was such a great, just great stuff. Anyway, um, 
Danny Williams. Danny Williams, he's captured. They're torturing him, and they're going to kill him. And then the, the scene where he's tortured is ripped off completely from Lethal Weapon, I think, two. Ask Alan Richardson. He's seen all Lethal Weapons. Oh, really? Yeah, every Lethal I've, Weapon. I think I've there's four lethal weapons. I think I've seen them all. Too. I thought there were nine. Oh, I'm thinking of Police Academy. Oh no, no, the lethal weapon. Lethal weapon was uh, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, clean it up. Uh, Mel Gibson played a uh, suicidal, a, a cop who was suicidal uh, because of the death of his ex girlfriend, and he lived in a trailer, like a, an RV on the beach, which seemed pretty nice. The character or Mel Gibson did as he tried to learn about the role and read about anti-Semitism. <laughs> Do you think Mel Gibson will become a black Israelite now that there's been an increase in anti-Semitism? That's an interesting idea. I mean, it's possible. Mel Gibson's uh, anti-Semitism, I do believe it's real. Um, but Are I also believe that Apocalypto fake? is very is like maybe one of the best movies I've ever seen. What if you found out that, like, for one scene in Apocalypto, he channeled his anti-Semitic rage to do the lines? <laughs> Uh, well, he's not in Apocalypto. He directed it. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Danny Williams. Dude, the most mystifying of all is Mel Gibson's role in Passion of Christ. I just saw Passion of Christ for the first time this Easter, and I was like, oh, it's a Mel Gibson movie. He must be the lead and the director. Mel Gibson neither directs nor acts in the film. He's just the producer. Oh, I didn't. he didn't direct it? No. Who directed it? Some guy. Hmm. That's interesting. I always thought he Nick Cannon it. actually. So it was, it was just <laughs> mostly a, it was an anti-Semitic production, <laughs> but uh, it, it was a little different. I saw a patch of the Christ in theaters with my buddy Brian, who I'm staying with right now, and we were like, we I, the, the anti, I thought the anti-Semitic things in the film like they come through. So I feel differently about the Easter Vigil in the thing when they say when like that moment where Pontius Pilate is asking directing the Jews. Uh, I have always interpreted it as the way that I interpret that section of the Bible is we, as in anyone who's currently following Christ, we are the Jewish people. We are those people in that That's moment. That's what Nick Cannon said. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I, I just interpret <laughs> it as like we're all responsible for Jesus' death. We, Jesus is in our midst and we refuse to see him and we refuse to save him because of our own selfishness. I don't think he, they're literally saying... 5,000 years from now, your blood descendants are culpable for this. <laughs> I think that's a very limited way of looking at it. Jesus himself was Jewish. I think it's mildly bizarre that people who would be current followers of Christ would be anti-Semitic, in, which would mean they would have a hatred for Jesus himself, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah, I guess, but they would. I think the people that think that way would they would be very easily able to like extricate those two ideas in their minds. I don't think you can't, and I think those people are ignorant and should do some more biblical literacy. Clean it up. Yeah, maybe. clean it up. If you're an anti-Semitic and a Christian, clean it up. That's a good That's a good thing to, 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 to focus on. Let me send that out to the people. Yeah. Clean it up. Clean it up. And if you don't have anything nice to say, be like Joseph, who doesn't speak in the Gospels. Clean it up. <laughs> Why doesn't Joseph have a voice? Uh, I don't know. It's like just an interesting juxtaposition of he's this silent but supportive person. So, you know, Do you think he was a mime? <laughs> <laughs> I've never explored that. I'm not familiar with any biblical literature. Uh, Is it possible that some of these, these miracles were just mime tricks? Uh, like the, under the, mir- the tutelage of Joseph? Do you think he was teaching Jesus not just carpentry but also stage magic? Yeah. Do you think it's possible? that? Do you remember the miracle of the invisible rope? No, what was that one? That was where he threw the lasso around that guy and was like... 
Well, one of the ones that they didn't include in the Bible at that like uh, big meeting where they're going to, the Treaty of Ghent, I don't know what it was, the yeah. conference, they were putting together the Bible. There was actually like um, an elevator mime miracle. <laughs> <laughs> But it was anachronistic, <laughs> so no one could really understand. But it had been written. He was he was miming these four walls, and then he was going up and down, and, yeah, and the, people didn't really the get miracle it. where where Jesus walked down the invisible steps behind the couch. You mm-hmm. know that gag. Another thing that people don't bring up enough in is I think is misinterpreted is a lot of people, a lot of Christians, American Christians, circumcised. But um, Penn and Teller actually, when he made that anti-circumcision documentary, that was from Jesus's diary, actually. <laughs> so it was weird that they didn't get that. Um, Danny Williams, uh, Steve McGarrett goes to like uh, to to help him, and he gets there just as Danny gets shot. They take him to the hospital. So then uh, Steve McGarrett goes and he captures Dayume in a in a gripping, intense scene that's supposed to also close out his. Uh, his unresolved issues with his, with the death of his father. And, and he's leaving Hawaii. He's going to go ahead and leave Hawaii. And uh, he tries to leave Hawaii because he's, you know, he says he's moved past the death of his father. But he's made so many connections that just can't let him go without saying goodbye. So he's getting ready to leave. The rest of the Hawaii Five-O team shows up to wish him well in this very creepy scene where they whisper in his ear. And it's very unsettling to me. <laughs> You? Really? You thought we was gonna just let you leave without saying goodbye? I like the music. Remember that time you saved my life? Yeah. No, you don't. You know why? You saved my life. <laughs> it goes so much. It keeps going. This is maybe not the most uh, interesting audio clip. Thank you for always sending good at me. Give me a second chance at this level. I'll never forget that. I miss you, brother. I miss you too. I thought that was really interesting because it was like a little bit of uh, clearly ASMR influence yes. in Hawaii Five-0. Yes. Oh, I just wanted to get a little ASMR on the podcast. That's how network TV is trying to <laughs> capture today's youth. Not with YouTube clips, but with ASMR. Can I ask, why is he leaving Hawaii? I've missed that. And then I tried to rewatch and I tried to read. I read like three different... I was like, when do they say why he's leaving? I think it was like something to do with the fact that like his father was there and his father died and so it wasn't until he got closure on the death of his father he felt he could leave Hawaii so That's he's like, quitting his job right because Hawaii 5 doesn't have a satellite branch in Des Moines <laughs> <laughs> he 
being part of the Hawaii State Troopers Des Moines. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of these cops unfortunately quit their jobs because they're being abused. A lot of Hawaiians moved to Vegas, so maybe he's going to go to Vegas to be with the diaspora. Max Holloway, former Hawaiian light uh, featherweight champion in the UFC, used to call Vegas the Ninth Island. Yeah, that's what people do. People call Rhode Island the Tenth Island of the Azores or of Cape Verde. Oh, really? Yeah. Anytime it's a little less cool when you're Las Vegas is a landlocked city, but you know I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean I appreciate Max Holloway who just recently tried to regain his 155 uh, 145 pound belt against Alexander Volkanovsky. Did he oh, win? No, he came up short. He should have smashed the ukulele over his head. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. He is very Hawaiian. He's like pretty native Hawaiian. He's from Waianae, which Sunny Dice tells me is a very rough city. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of intel on Hawaiian culture from Sunny. I do. I when he's from so he's from Hawaii, so I always try to ask him about Hawaiian stuff. Because it is so different from America. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. There was also I met a comic out here named Kenny Kusaka who was from Hawaii, and I was like, I want some of that spam food, and he was gonna we were gonna have it. He's gonna have me over to have it, and me who knows what was gonna happen. Uh, But then you know what happens? COVID nineteen. What about um, Misha Han? Misha Han's Hawaiian. Oh, yeah. Misha Han also got really hot recently. Yeah, he did. He lost like 20 pounds. He's cut up like a bag of dope. Looking good. Uh, do you, you know I commented at looking hot, oh, hot AF, to TBH. be honest. TBH. Uh, Deepak Chopra moment, something you liked about this show. This show is dog shit horrible. One of the worst shows I think I've ever seen in you my life. You know how this is so bad? There's not. I could not even say as my Deepak Chopra moment, the landscape of Hawaii was beautiful. I wish this took place in Boston because they, they barely show the water. There's no mountains. There's no lush tropical paradise. They clearly shot this on a lot in L.A. So my Deepak Chopra moment is the fact that they didn't shoot this on location, which has a lower environmental impact because they didn't have to take trans-Pacific flights. There we go. That's a good one. I do have a Deepak Chopra moment, though. The you know the the flashback scenes with the army guy, the Scottish army guy? Yeah. Whoop that, back to reality. Whoop back to reality. That guy was played by James Marston Marsters, who played uh Spike the Vampire on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I loved that show. It was cool to see him getting some more work. He looks um a lot older than he looked twenty years ago, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise, but I did I was kinda of taken aback by it. So I saw an actor from the Buffy series Buffy universe, which I appreciate. Wow, that really That's speaks high praise of this 10-season <laughs> show. show sucks horribly. It's terrible. I'm so worried for network TV. You know, like, <laughs> I get it. CSI, Criminal Minds, that's one thing. But the fact that someone 10 times greenlit another <laughs> season of Hawaii 5 People must have loved it. They, won't, they wouldn't greenlight it if it got bad ratings. I wonder if it increased Hawaiian tourism. That's a good question. Um I mean, they do, oh, another good thing is that they did have some Hawaiian representation on the show. That's also good. Can you fly, you think, Puerto Rico to Hawaii? And do you think if you did, you would just fly over Central America? Or would you have to come into the U.S. for your connector? The world is a flat disk that's constantly right. rising up through space, so it's hard to say. You could probably just walk through it. <laughs> uh, uh, let's do a role play. Let's do a role play. I would like to be... Um, Max Holloway, Hawaiian 140, former Hawaiian USC fighter. All right. I'll be um, Max Holliday's cab driver picking him up at the airport. Oh, that sounds good. Hey, brada. Hey, yo. It is what it is, man. It's good to be back here uh, on this island, whatever we're on. I love the island, man, brada. Uh, you know what I love about islands? 
Island life, you know? Island time. I island never show up anywhere on time, brother. It's what's the point of it, you know? You and know, I, I was actually supposed to. I'm only at the airport because I was giving a guy a ride. He said, hey, brother, my flight's at 4 p.m. I showed up at 7 p.m. to take him, and uh, he didn't miss it. Hawaii, baby, they wait. That sounds great, man. That's good, uncle. I like to hear that. No problem, nephew. <laughs> hey, uh, so a young nephew like you, you know, no lady, no fella to pick you up at the airport? <laughs> yeah, man. It's tough. I lost my fight in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, and now I'm here back in Hawaii, and I'm feeling down. You must have really sweat and um, been shirtless a lot. Yeah, we fight without shirts, and it's it's Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates, so it's very hot. You fight without shirts, brother? Do you love without <laughs> shirts, nephew? Well, not normally, but let us uh, let me ask you this. Do you have any uh, crystal meth? No, uh, I'm sorry, actually. You need to get out of the cab. What? This is not a drug-using cab, brother. Uh, you want to have anonymous gay sex, but you don't want to use crystal meth when hey, we do it? I'll hold your license in my hand. It can be as <laughs> non-anonymous as possible, but for you to use drugs is disgusting. I guess it's not really that anon- not, not, not that anonymous because I'm like the most famous guy in Hawaii, right? Who are you, brother? Max Holloway, UFC fighter, former former champion. I haven't the- heard the name. You know my favorite former champion? Um, Ma- uh, Marcus Mariota, great Hawaiian quarterback, or Tua Tagalova. Uh, I, I've yeah. never, I've never, you never heard of me? No, I haven't heard of I'm you. the biggest star in Hawaii right now. No, you're not. Have you heard of... Listen, um, can we just do some meth and have sex? No, I already told you, no <laughs> meth, no sex. God, I'm feeling low from my loss. And, and well, you probably feel low from meth withdrawal. Meth is with your serotonin and dopamine. And I'm I stay off it. the meth for my fight camps. I haven't done meth in eight weeks. Brother, you need to go a lot longer than eight weeks with no meth. Oh, who says? Dog the Bounty Hunter? Yes. You've met Dwayne Chapman? He, I used to go to church with him. Really? Brother, we're going to go to his house right now. No, I don't want to talk to Dog. Well, he's miss, he hasn't seen his wife's, you know, in, her, her breast <laughs> in eight weeks, and he was kind of attached to them. Uh, yeah, I think her wife, I think his wife was really attached to them. I think I don't even know if they were married, brother, but it's not my place to judge. No? No, brother. Then let's do some meth. No, I don't do <laughs> meth, brother. I've told you that a hundred times. You were the lamest cab driver I've ever had. You know that? You've had cab drivers who do meth with you, brother? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent of the time. They're usually down. You've never had a Muslim cab driver who said no meth, no alcohol, no pork? I mean, they're, they are Muslim when I get in the cab, but by the time <laughs> I get out, <laughs> they're praising a different God. <laughs> You're that your power seduction is just so great that <laughs> men are forsaking Allah <laughs> and having sex with you and doing meth. That's what, and that's why you know what we should. Then can you, I ask you, you, you should drive me to dog's house. If you're house. that powerful, how come you couldn't win the 147 pound title? I'm getting out of this cab. <laughs> what do you give this yell? Oh God, Hawaii Five O is one of the worst pieces of trash I've ever seen on television. I give it a zero. I yeah. think it might be my first zero. This is a goose egg. There is no redeeming qualities. It's not funny. It's not interesting. It's not beautiful. No redeemability. No watchability. No rewatchability. Carve out your eyes if you watched it. <laughs> good night, Uri. Good night, Troy.